0: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Dom Raymond, who's part of the TV ministry team at GGC Life Church in Sydney. How you doing, brother? Good, thanks, Matt. Good to tune in with you today. Mate, it's great to catch up with you now. We uh, we met up in Sydney a while back and I uh, thought this guy would be great for a radio interview. I'm really curious to uh, hear a bit of your story today. We're about to be born and raised.
1: Born and raised in the Sutherland Shire.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you have like a religious upbringing? Not at all, Matt. Would you
1: believe I'm the only born-again Christian in my whole entire family?
0: Wow. So they've got no religious background at all?
1: Uh, look, if you want to go deeper in, this, in the closet, I'm sure you'll find a few Catholic skeletons or two. But uh, yeah, as
0: far as I know, just me. Just you, okay. Well, tell us your story. How did you come to Christ?
1: So I was pretty extensively bullied at my high school at the time, and not to name names, to be you know, to to leave privacy concerns in in that place. But I uh, I had a whole bunch of year eleven and year ten girls approach me in the quadrangle one day at school, and they said, Dom, we've got a scripture class on Thursdays. Do you want to come and join us? We talk about the good news. And I'm like, What's the good news? I wanna I wanna find out about this good news. And uh, went up. Long story short, um, eventually I just felt like I belonged. I went along to youth group with them for the first time and met a whole bunch of awesome youth ministers and and leaders. And um, within three months, I kid you not, Matt, I was leading worship at our youth group down Miranda, which was pretty cool.
0: Wow. And did they all notice the big change in your life at school and in your family?
1: Look, honestly, it would have been another decade that people were able to actually see Jesus in me which is sometimes the case for us, right? It's a it's an ongoing journey with Christ and, and making him your, your all.
0: Mm. So tell us a bit more of your story. What, what did you do after school?
1: So after school, well, I didn't actually finish school, would you believe. I actually went to year nine, and then following that, I did a whole bunch of TAFE courses and eventually got an interim into uh, University of Notre Dame down at Sydney to do a Bachelor of Counselling, but... uh I think God had a different plan for my life and uh, part of that was just um, trying to trust him a bit more but prior to that, uh, chucked a bit of a wobbly if you want to talk about that in the Christian world and uh, that looked a lot like me uh, really, really severely backsliding and uh, making the church look pretty stupid in the process.
0: So tell us a bit about uh, you know, how your life went downhill after that.
1: It was a fateful night on my 21st birthday. My church and and leaders, accordingly, had thrown a great surprise party in Menai for me. Just absolutely lavished love and celebration on me, right, as much as you could ask for. And then the next night in Cronulla, I had a whole bunch of um, unknown visitors in my apartment block that I was living with at the time. And they were all... uh, doing drugs. I was smoking, uh, you know, bongs, you name it. And uh, I was just very, very curious at that time and, 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 and gave it a try for the first time. And um, I'll never forget how confused the state I then went into following that night. Um, 10 o'clock at night, I got a knock on the door from a whole bunch of men. I think it was about six of them, by what I can remember, and yes, it was a hazy memory, but one I'll never forget, and that was that they literally had knocked on the door and they said, we, you don't know us, but we know you. We're coming to kill you tonight. And I said, oh, you've got the wrong place, I'm sure. You, you know, what have I done, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to like, justify everything in my head why it was coming to this. And I truly believe that this was the wake-up call that some of us don't get the second chance to have. And um, I had to take it on the chin, um, Hanging out with the wrong company on the weekends, and it all sort of caught up with me with the people that I've been living with at the time. And what happened? And mind you, they'd been come, mind you, they'd been coming to church for a couple of weeks, so I suppose I was very trustful uh, in the beginning of people, very early on, without actually sort of sussing out the character from people. And um, unfortunately, yeah, it left me very, very vulnerable. One night where they um, they eventually broke in. Um, I tried calling the police, triple zero. But wasn't making a whole bunch of sense at that point because I was absolutely off my chops at that point. And I, I just pleaded to them, please, please, please don't hurt me. Don't kill me, obviously. And they said, oh, you're gone, you're gone. We're, we're very, very powerful. And then, um, I woke up in a, uh, a hospital bed. So. After that, everything went completely dark. i have been told a whole bunch of stories at church, but none of that was happening for me. In reality, I was so separate from God and his kingdom. It wasn't even funny, Matt. I saw black. I couldn't scream if I wanted to, and it was very, very separating experience, and one that I would really pray no one else has to go through.
0: It sounds like you really hit rock bottom. Um, how did you get through it?
1: Well, again, the, the beautiful grace, uh, and character of my church just sticking around me the whole time through my healing and recovery process um, obviously I got taken off team because it's not always about titles it's about the long haul and um, I wanted to improve my life uh, day to day and a part of that was just owning up to my mistakes and, and, and learning accordingly. I suppose back then I didn't really have a teachable spirit though so that doesn't help right if there's people tuning in today that can relate to me um, just being a little rebel uh, with no cause. Um, it took me, as I said, another 10 years to really realise, you yeah, this is life and I can't gamble with it like I
0: have before. Sounds like it was a pretty rough time you were going through. How did you get back on track after that?
1: Well, a big part to play was um, finding a church that I could finally call home and really be open and accountable to my leaders accordingly. And uh, that only happened last year would you believe so fast forward it nine or so years later and i'm finding that a, a friend from my old church is now uh, associate pastor with her with her uh, her respective husband and i really had a hunger and a passion and a desire to go check out one of their open heaven nights and i went along with an open mind and open heart and um, i'd spoken to the pastors pre- prior to going and just told them what had happened and, you know, my backside story. And they, they, they didn't hold any judgment on me whatsoever. They just said, just come as you are. Let God do the rest. And my word, he did the rest, Matt. I experienced the Holy Spirit's love for the first time. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't about air conditioning or the, the lights being perfectly set. This was a supernatural experience that was out of this world. And it was the best thing ever.
0: And I know that when people have an encounter like that, it's a bit like, you know, Saul to Paul or, you know, people having these angelic visitations, you know. It can be a big transformation, can't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I didn't have my angelic visitation or my super-duper crazy experience until a couple of months ago, actually. We were out praying for a whole bunch of miracles to happen on the street with one of our street teams, and um, I just saw these people for who they truly were under the control of the world and under the control of the devil and you know we're so we're so similar in that boat that without god's grace any one of us would be dead by now and they deserve that that chance and that voice and i think that that's really kind of pressed into me a calling to advocate for people in in the sense of you know justice and mercy for people
0: um yeah and tell us a bit about what you do for work now
1: so what I'm doing for work now is um I'm heavily lobbying in New South Wales parliament. Um, I'm not yet running as a as a, a, a electorate member or anything but it is on the on the cards if God opens that door up for me later this year.
0: And what about your ministry at the church you do a lot of TV ministry how does that look like? Uh,
1: a lot of the time it's actually me behind the lens. I've I've always felt that God needed to deal with a whole bunch of um Precursors in me and my my need for more humility in that process. So it'll happen. I mean, I'm sharing my testimony today, after all, with all of you, and I'm so grateful to uh, to be asked to be on your station today. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Well, mate, it's been a blessing to have you share a bit of your story today. Let's talk a bit about your walk with God. You know, there's a lot of people that have a uh, you know a superficial walk with God. Where you know they might go to church and they might you know go once on a on a Sunday and then live like the world the rest of the week. Uh, when I met you recently Dom I thought this guy is on fire for Jesus, you know. Right, I'd love to know a bit about your your personal walk with God. What do you do for your devotions and your prayer time? How how do you are you disciplined with that? What what do you do?
1: Yeah, I've always been a pretty spontaneous bloke, so my day-to-day looks like getting up, asking God to be a part of that day, inviting him to be in my house and, and in my heart. And just doing that renewal with him so I don't miss out on anything that he's got for me. And I just chuck on some worship, some Bethel or some Hillsong for a good couple of hours while I get ready. I'm not saying it takes me a couple of hours to get ready, but it, it, it sort of does respectfully in, in just setting everything aside, every distraction, every fear, every thought. I just let God take captive. Mm. Um, and I, I don't, I guess I don't create a routine out of that. Unnecessarily, I just let the spirit lead, lead the morning, and it just lays up my day to be so much better, so much greater, and it it just show exudes the joy to others when they see me I, I often get the the feedback that they see Jesus in me, that they see you know the mercy seat of Jesus in me, and i mean i can't
0: i can't make that up for you know and you're talking a bit about street evangelism before you know i've uh, had the privilege of heading out and taking teams a number of times out on the streets. And it can be quite intimidating, you know, going out and trying to break the ice, have a chat with someone. Tell us uh, a bit about your experience. What do you do when you go evangelising on the streets?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point that you made, Matt, about people feeling quite intimidated and having the fear of man attached. I think that that's one of the biggest debilitators in the church in the 21st century. We really care too much about what people think rather than where God could take us and use us with his thoughts and his words and so I guess I've stepped out in the deep end a few times and not really known what I was getting myself into um, being a bit of a rookie evangelist but you know what every time that I've invited God and, and had his word close to me nothing bad has ever happened and that's got to be the testimony of the promise right that his promises are always yes, his promises are always amen. And with him, I mean, mountains can move. So going out and talking to someone on the street isn't going to be that big of an issue.
0: Have you got any stories of uh, times you've had a chance to lead people to Jesus on the streets?
1: Yeah, I do. Thank you so much for asking. So a couple of months ago, we were down at Martin Place. Um, We had a whole stack of Bibles and, you know, couple of cards to invite people to our church service respectfully and um, I felt it on my heart to just see if this gentleman wanted to ask Jesus into his life for the first time he actually said to me that he was thinking about taking his life a couple of times that week which was pretty heavy to hear. I've been around suicide in the past and I know how traumatic that can be for youth groups. I lost a really close friend who was sort of under my wing when I was mentoring um, quite a number of years ago and Yeah, for a long time, you know, I blamed myself for that. But back to the story. Um, I really believe that um, everyone that's open and ready to receive will be there and and receive it really, really well. And you'll go away knowing, okay, that person's going to go to a church on Sunday. That person's going to really apply what we've talked about. And with the Bible, I think it's so important that you give them that as a starting point.
0: And I think, too, you've also got to be aware of the background of the person that you're witnessing to. Like I I was on the streets of Sydney a while back and there was a Muslim man that I uh, felt led to go up and chat to and uh, straight away, he started asking me uh, about what I believe and what you know. Where do I stand on this topic and that topic? And mm. uh, it's good to understand a bit about what the Muslims believe, you know, because they believe in Isa uh, in the Quran, and you know that's that's what we we would call him Jesus, you know. So I asked mm. him a bit about what he believes about Jesus, and you know, and then I next conversation I had was with a Buddhist man, so I had to think about you know their perspective. You've really got to think about. Uh, what the belief system is of the person you're witnessing to, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it, it becomes a multifaceted evangelistic opportunity, and if, if you haven't got God a part of that equation, you can really fall into hot water. I've had a whole bunch of times I've been getting an Uber or a Bolt home um, from church or something, and there's always been a Muslim, and I've immediately picked up something that Holy Spirit would highlight to me, like... You and your wife are infertile, talk and I pray for that. And you've got to be bold. When you, when you want to pray bold prayers, you've got to expect bold reactions. And this guy was hesitant at first, but a few minutes into just building rapport and respecting him, uh, what he had to say about Jesus being a prophet in his worldview as a Muslim, um, it did, it did sort of disarm him. And that was really beautiful that he actually allowed me to lay hands on him and pray for him. His name was Mustafa. I'll never forget how he was just so joyful at the end of that, that ride. Five stars, Mustafa, if you're listening. God bless you, mate. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just those little seeds that we sow into people every day. And we might not even think twice about it, but they're, God's doing the in-work. In and I love that because that's exactly what people did to me all those years ago. They sowed seeds. They gave me the room to grow. In my time And now God's Lord of my life
0: That is awesome Well it's been encouraging to hear About your passion for evangelism On the streets And and using media And social media And different uh, opportunities Different platforms Uh, We uh, pray for the Lord's blessing on you At uh, GGC Church in Sydney And uh, the ministry you're doing Dom I reckon you're a history maker mate Thanks for joining us Thanks so much Matt Have a great day This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry And they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine According to His power that's at work within us To Him be the glory of the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come go to bibleleague.com.au, station sponsor.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.